0: It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Break! Now, from the WATH studios, here's Cade Williamson. Hello,
1: hello, hello, hello. You're here for another day of the Sports Fan. Cade Williamson here. Joined by Michael Roth in studio today, I had Tim Hanall on yesterday, talked a little college football. Today with Roth, we'll be going over the Reds, a little bit of the Guardians as well, talking a little baseball, as well as a couple high school football polls that recently dropped for week upcoming uh, week four, as well as the college football polls. And then later in the show, we'll preview week one of the NFL season whenever we get to that. So, Roth, how are we doing today?
0: Great. Uh, jam-packed show as much as it can be on a Tuesday, you know, still working off that high of five straight days of college football thursday friday saturday sunday and monday um but now we got uh two two days to relax and then thursday before you know it it'll be here we'll have nfl i think there's a couple college games i don't know if anything too notable on thursday i think there might be a couple thursday games
1: i'm not there aren't very many weekday games i know this week uh, uh as i'm looking here trying to check and make sure that but We'll get to that a little bit later in the show. First off, we'll start start off with a, talking a little baseball. I know you're a Guardians fan, Roth, myself a Cubs fan, so unfortunately won't be hitting on them. But we'll talk about the Reds first. The Reds right now sitting in fourth place in the NL Central, right behind my Cubs two games back. And a little bit over the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Reds. Uh, they were off yesterday, as many teams were. Uh, on Labor Day, uh what are your thoughts on that Roth? It's a national holiday, and there was there baseball was really the only thing being played. I mean, you had the ncaa football game, the Clemson Georgia Tech game at night, but it's a holiday, and baseball's really the main sport so so what are
0: your thoughts on that one Yeah, you know i uh I didn't do much. It was a bit of a lazy day, kind of stayed in um weather wasn't great here in athens um so it wasn't wasn't like I was missing a great opportunity to go to the pool, go to Strouds, do something fun. Um, And, yeah, I mean, my Guardians played, so I got to watch that at night. Um, Would have been nice to have a little bit more daytime uh, sports entertainment, but I'm not sure, like, what else you can really put on. It's not like you're going to put, like, a WNBA, like, conference finals game on at, like, 3 p.m. on Labor Day. So I think besides, like, some day baseball, I'm I'm just not really too sure – uh, what else you can do because you don't want to be playing too many college games on that uh, that Monday.
1: Yeah, usually they just kind of designate that to one game. Uh, typically it's an ACC school. I don't know why, but it always seems like an ACC school. I need to chew my words a little bit more right there, but I know in 2015 it was like Ohio State and Virginia Tech on that Monday uh, of Labor Day. Uh, usually Georgia Tech's around there. I think one year it was um, maybe that Georgia and Boise State game was the Notre Dame Florida
0: State game. Yes. Okay. Yeah.
1: That game was also uh, on on the Monday last year, and Florida State two straight years were their week one game uh, went a little crazy in that one. Tim and I hit it on that in yesterday's show, but uh, like you said, the Guardians uh, pulled out the win. That was my hot pick last night. I went with the Guardians. Uh, it was Tristan McKenzie versus Brady Singer, um, the Guardians ended up pulling that one out in the tenth inning uh, with the, with the win right there over the Royals and as we look around the MLB and we look at some of uh, the leaders right now, the the best team in the NL by far has been the Los Angeles Dodgers. We were talking about it before the show Roth, a 291 run differential in their favor so far this season. 92 wins, only need 8 more to crack and be the first team to crack that 100 mark. Uh, And then sitting behind them was the Yankees, even though the Yankees have just been not playing well since that All-Star break. uh, They've been behind, but a team that has been playing well and in the NL Central keeping it here talking about the Reds. the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. I think I read a stat the other day that they're 25 and 8. I think it was actually earlier today. 25 and 8 since the All-Star break are the Cardinals. Uh they're right now sitting seven and a half games up over the Milwaukee Brewers. And they're just a team that always plays well down the stretch August, September months.
0: Yeah, um we were um we were talking, I think maybe like two, three weeks on the sports fan, and I was like yeah, if you're a Reds fan, you know maybe you can play spoiler to whichever team you you like less between the Cardinals and the Brewers because I think it was like a game and a half separating them, um, and now like a month later, it's up to seven and a half games. The Brewers are right now on the outside looking in for even the wild card because the Braves have the top spot, the Padres have the second spot, and the Phillies are holding on. To that third spot, even though they are in a three-game losing streak, so the Cardinals just really took control of the NL Central race, and they're really tough at home. Forty-five and twenty-three are the Cardinals. That's a that's a very impressive record, but um, looks like they're going to have a uh, a decent amount of road games as they uh, wind up their season, but still uh, in comfortable position to. Win the division, and I know uh, I know you're talking about Cubs as your favorite team. They have a uh, a rare night game at Wrigley Field.
1: Yes, they yes they do. Most of the time, you you see them playing those day games there at Wrigley. Um, i have never been to Wrigley. Always wanted to go to Wrigley uh, as a wow, the non
0: Cubs fan has been to Wrigley.
1: Hey, hey now, hey. Uh, I I was supposed to go in '17. Uh, My dad said he was going to take us all after they won the World Series that year. Never ended up going. He went. He went to a game, snuck behind us. It was an August game, uh, on a, a night game there at Wrigley, uh, and he went. I think it was right after Players Weekend, getting a Chris Bryant Players Weekend jersey. So I was, you know, ecstatic about that. Straight, Straight out of
0: luck, though, oh, for the yeah. game. Oh yeah, yeah, that is true.
1: But, um, yeah, when you when you look around a little bit more and look at the AL, uh, the Yankees, their lead in the AL East has dwindled down to five games now over the Tampa Bay Rays and only five and a half over the Blue Jays. And even beyond that, 10 games over the Orioles. The Orioles right now are sitting in fourth place. They've been a team that a lot of people like their story this year. They've got a lot of talent. They have recently brought up Gunnar Henderson, one of their top prospects. Uh, and they're sitting four and a half games out of the Toronto Blue Jays for that third wild card spot right now. I think they're very similar, honestly, to the Seattle Mariners of last year. Uh, that's what I think of when I think of the Baltimore Orioles. Very similar to that Mariners squad that was very young with talent, somehow found ways to win. They had good pieces left and right. They kind of sold at the deadline, but ended up opening up some spaces. And that's how the Orioles have been. Uh, Almost the same exact team uh, this year compared to what the Seattle Mariners last year, and speaking of the Mariners, they've been doing quite well for themselves 11 games back out of the division lead in the West. But they do have a wild card spot as it sits right now, the second wild card spot. Rather, they're tied with the Tampa Bay Rays both a game or a half a game up on the Blue Jays. So those wild card spots are definitely up for grabs when you look at both sides. Uh, Nobody's really running away with it. But like you said, your Guardians are leading the Central right now. Uh, One win away from getting that 70th win. Uh, Only one game up on the Twins and two on the White Sox. So September is going to be a big month for the AL Central.
0: Yeah, um, Guardians losing five straight at home before that game was not the way they wanted to start September. Um, just seemed like a team that was worn down. A lot of a lot of double play balls. Um, just not a lot of explosive offense. And the way the Guardians had been winning is with the small ball, putting the ball in play, forcing teams to field it. Um, and that's awesome when it's working, but when you get a single and then you put the ball in play and it's a ground ball to the second baseman and it gets two outs for one swing, it's not very awesome. And, um, even though the guardians had a couple, I think two double plays last night too, they did just enough to get the victory, a, a big hit by, uh, Oscar Gonzalez in the 10th inning, um, to put them up two runs and then they manual class, a uh, lot shakier than how he normally is on the mound but did just enough to get his league leading i forget how many saves he has but i know he is top in the american league so yeah easy schedule right now for the guardians getting this three game series with the royals compared to uh i think the twins are playing somebody tough and the white Sox i believe are against the mariners so um just kind of comparing it to the two other teams in this divisional race it's a little easier right now you yeah, know the twins are playing uh, the yankees right now but the guardians still have i think two series left with the twins and that's pretty much going to decide who makes the playoffs unless uh the white Sox get really hot which is very possible but um just looking forward i know i know the guardians got series at minnesota this weekend and at home against minnesota um, is that a five-game series?
1: Yes, yes, it is. Uh, I think it's because one was rained out. And they got a yeah, doubleheader
0: double header on Saturday. Yeah,
1: they're, uh, the weekend of the 16th through the 18th. Of one the of us
0: set. might be looking to go to one of the yeah, games in the doubleheader. Yeah, a double
1: header. yeah. And, uh, and then they have, after that five-game set against Minnesota, they have a three-game set at Chicago. But they, the good thing is is that they end their season with six straight games at home against the Royals. So
0: that's I am really going to be praying to yeah. the Royals fans that they shut everybody down. You don't want anybody getting hurt throughout the winter, you know. I mean, just break up, break up. Maybe a couple like legends from the World Series team and just let them get a few <laughs> at bats, even yeah. though they've been retired for a couple of years. That's that would sound like a great way. For the Royals to end their season. Yeah,
1: I mean, it, it, that's, that's what you're saying. They got to go in, and That's the goal. The goal for the Guardians is a playoff. And a lot of people didn't have them in the playoffs uh, going into this year. But it also was just a big old question mark in the AL Central. Uh, Detroit, not what people expected them to be. Possibly uh, thought of them to be an outside team competing for that division or maybe improving to 70 wins or so. They're sitting at 51-84 and 84 right now, 19 games back of the Guardians out of first place. So I think their season's done.
0: Yeah, there was a, uh, there was a graphic of um, preseason predictions made by, I think it was CBS Sports. Um, and, like, six out of the seven people making the predictions had the Tigers over the Guardians. And I guess I didn't realize that was the consensus. I thought, I thought the Royals were the worst team. And I thought the Twins and the White Sox would be battling it out one and two. But I thought the Guardians were pretty secure in at least third place in the division. I thought this would be somewhere between a 75 and 85 win team. And right now it looks like the Guardians are going to be anywhere from 80 to like 88 wins um, right now. So, yeah, I mean, good season for the Guardians. They they definitely uh, exceeded what like outsiders thought, but I was a little higher on the Guardians. Still did not expect them to be in first place here in September. We'll see if they can hold on uh, in these last like three weeks of the season.
1: Like, I said, like you said, I-, I thought that the Guardians were going to be a team. I-, I-, I predicted them, honestly, in second. Uh, I had the White Sox win the division in the preseason, and I had the Guardians sitting in second place around 500, maybe a little under, around the 70, uh, upper 70 win range. And their pitching, I mean, you either pitching, a couple of guys have stepped up. You've got Andres Jimenez. Uh, you've got Stephen Kwan there that was good at the beginning of the season, went off for a tear. Uh, Owen Miller was good there at the beginning of the regular season, went off on a tear. Plus, you've got Jose Ramirez, uh, the third, the best third baseman in baseball. So it's not very difficult for them to go and run away. That and their pitching staff has just been lights out. Um, you've got Karin Cech out of the bullpen who's been amazing. Klase, like you said, the AL leader in saves, one of the three best relieving pitchers, in my opinion, in baseball as well with Edwin Diaz and Ryan Helsey. Uh, Diaz with the Mets that's kind of been the story of the year with the Mets is Edwin Diaz and walking out to the trumpets um, for him. He's just kind of turned it around this year over a couple rocky seasons with the Mets uh, kind of found his footing in New York for the first time but I mean the Guardians uh, right now ESPN has their playoff uh, chances at 46.6% um, so we'll see how it goes down the stretch Like like we said They've got that three-game set against Minnesota, then they got the five-game set against Minnesota, and they have to turn around and play Chicago for a three-game set at Chicago, so those three series are going to be the ones that are circled on Guardians fans calendars come in September, and it'll be on our calendars as well, trying to figure out who's going to make the MLB playoffs. And speaking of playoffs, we'll start talking a little bit of high school playoffs after the break. AP Polls came out for Ohio High School Football, so make sure to Stick around and listen to our takes on that. You're listening to The Sports Fan on 970 WATH.
0: You're listening to The Sports Fan on 970 WATH.
1: This Friday, the Athens Bulldogs start TVC play against their rival, the Alexander Spartans. Will the Athens Bulldogs be able to go on the road and get their first victory of the year? Or will Alexander take this year's battle? Find out this Friday. You can catch all the action with Matt Frazee and Cedric Granger starting at 6.45 p.m. on Friday on 970
0: WATH. Ready for a McDonald's glow-up? Download the McD app and level up your McDonald's experience. Rack up points, get delicious deals, and earn rewards like a free juicy quarter pounder with cheese. Get
1: 20% off your entire order with a minimum $1 purchase on the app. Yep, it's that easy. ba da ba ba Limited time only at Participate in McDonald's. Excludes tax. Valid once a
0: day. Visit McDiop for details. Download and registration required. Wait before cooking four ounces each. Fresh beef available at most restaurants in contiguous U.S. Not available in Alaska, Hawaii, and U.S. territories. The Bengals' home opener kicks off Sunday, September 11th at 1 p.m. Joe Burrow and your AFC champion Bengals take on our division rival, the Pittsburgh Steelers. The anticipation is building. The team is fired up. The jungle will be rocking as the Bengals' high-powered offense and unyielding defense take the field. A very limited number of single-game tickets are available. Don't wait. Visit Bengals.com or call the Bengals ticket hotline at 513-621-8383. Come rule the jungle with us. You're listening to The Sports Fan on 970 WATH.
1: Welcome back into The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Before the break, we talked a little bit of baseball, uh, specifically heading around the Guardians and what they got to do to make the playoffs, as well as a couple of teams that have shocked us uh, this season. Um, and then we transitioned and now we're going to talk a little bit of high school football. That's what we're known for, Roth High school football preview show every Thursday. So, if you're interested to get your take on Southeast Ohio high school football, make sure to tune into that for me and Roth discuss it and have our picks for the week for some of the best games in SEO. Uh, and speaking of SEO, the AP Associated Press released their first rankings in Ohio High School Athletic Association football for all divisions um, and a couple a couple ones that really hint on. Uh, around this area, you know, more of the bottom divisions. Not exactly known for their biggest divisions. But first we'll start at Division 4. Uh, a team that shocked us both. Sitting at 7th right now, New Lexington. I know I'm high Dear on boys. New Lexington. I'm high on New Lexington. I'm not that high on New Lexington this year. Uh, I think that they can be a team that can uh, possibly go to the regional semifinal. Maybe the regional final game. Uh, I, I think they have a good chance to go 8-2. and two. I really did that. That's what I could see them going this year. Uh, that game against Sheridan is going to be very tough, though, to, to cap off their, the end of their season. Tri-Valley is going to be a tough game. They got a tough one this week against West M. You know, there's a couple games in there that New Lexington might have some trouble with, but man, how about that? I mean, top. top I mean, they're toward the top right now with, I mean, Glenville is number one. Glenville, you know, where you're from, Roth up in the Cleveland area, one of the better, you know, programs up there. Um, I know what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, um, you know the AP poll. It has uh, has its positives, has its negatives. It always rewards teams that uh, are unbeaten. That's the number one thing. They're like, "Wow, you're unbeaten. You're great." They would rather see you uh, beat a three and seven team by fourteen points than lose to a ten and O team by three points. Um, it's just the way it's been. I'm not really too sure why. But yeah, I mean, good for New Lexington. You got a couple other Southeast Ohio teams. Um, if you just go division by division, you know, Unioto's in there um, in Division 4 also, MBL Small School, uh, Morgan. And then the team Athens played in Week 1, Galley Academy. They're also in the others receiving votes. Um, Granville and Circleville in Division 3. Uh, Granville in the top 10, Circleville just outside. Um, we'll see if Circleville can keep up their uh, hot start when they play uh, MSL big favorites, uh, Bloom-Carroll. So we'll, yeah. see, we'll see how long Circleville lasts in the polls. But um, Division Five actually has a couple Southeast Ohio teams near the top that um, I could really see making it far. Mm-hmm.
1: I could, too. I mean, Ironson, the, the top team right now, they didn't get the most first-place votes. Uh, that went to Coldwater in second. But Ironson got six first-place votes. 140 votes total, which puts them at first place in Division Five. Very interesting. Uh, Ironton's a team that last year they had a tough schedule. Uh, I, I a tough schedule there a little bit toward the beginning of the season. They had to play uh, Moeller out of Cincinnati. I was I was at there at Ironton for that ball game. A very interesting game, I will say, uh, between those two teams. A very low scoring matchup. Ironton's starting quarterback was out of that ball game. They had to turn to the backup. Um, and they just couldn't get anything going offensively that entire ball game. Plus, you're facing one of the better teams in Archbishop Molar out of Cincinnati. I mean, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in Division One, Moeller right now is yeah the second best team in D1 out of these AP polls. So you're going and facing some good competition. And you, they had a ball game. I will give them that. It was a decent ball game. But Ironton, I mean, we thought that last week's game against Fairland was going to be. Uh, we thought it may have been a little bit closer. You were high on Ironson uh, running away with that game. I thought, man, you know, Fairland might be able to hang around. It was like that way for most of the ball game, but Ironson just kind of distanced themselves later in the game and, and took that one over. Uh, but another team that's receiving votes in D5 that's really interesting to me uh, that's technically sitting at the 12 spot, Minford. And I get that's because Minford's 3-0, and but
0: very interesting for to see Minford there. Yeah, um, Minford... Um, they just, schedule kind of broke right for them in the Otta Conference. They're looking good early. You know, Wheelersburg sitting at 14th. And then um, a team that I think is going 10-0 at 15th is Zane Trace. Yeah, I mean, it's,
1: especially after, you know, rolling over McLean as, as well as they did last week. And McLean mm-hmm. was a 2-0 ball club that people were like, well, maybe they'll be a solid team this year. But, I mean, Zane Trace just stormed right over them.
0: All game yeah and then um it's really gonna be zane trace versus Unioto, i think i think piketon after winning it last year i think they're probably the third best team um but whoever wins that zane trace Unioto game heading into svc play like it's looking like the winner of that game is just gonna be 10-0 yeah. which for playoff points like you're probably not gonna be lower than the three seed in your region if you go 10-0 i know it's an easy schedule they're gonna get passed um by a couple teams with losses but um yeah, three, four, or five seed. I think any of those are possible for Zane Tracer, Unioto. if um if they're gonna go unbeaten, which I think the winner of that game, I would give over a 50% chance for the winner of that game to go 10-0. Um so that's just interesting. But yeah, Ironton at one is fascinating because um their region is tough this yeah, year. You yes know, you is. got we already mentioned where I mentioned Minford and Wheelersburg. Um, they're both with them. Uh, Ridgewood actually left, which is really good. Yeah, they went
1: to the, they went to the northeast yes. side. But there's which also, I s-
0: don't think Ridgewood is as good as they had been. Correct, Graduated correct. a couple Ohio State walk-ons on the O line in 2021, and then last year in 2022, graduate their all-state quarterback. Um, but Harvest Prep is that team? where I'm just like, yep. is Arlington actually better than Harvest Prep? Like, are we sure? Um, yeah, that, I, I think if they, those two do
1: end up matching up in the playoffs, I think that one will definitely be an interesting game. Because
0: Bloom Carroll is regarded as a top-ten team by, like, Drew Pastor in yeah. Division III. Mm-hmm. And Harvest Prep went to their building. First game with a new coach, a lot of offensive jitters, I'm sure, a new quarterback, new head coach, like, new playmakers. But Harvest Prep beat them by 13 in their building. Yeah. And yeah. that's, like... Drew Pastor, I think, has Bloom Carroll at 7th in Division 3. Yeah. So, like, I see that Harvest Prep score, and I go, whoa. Even though, not to take anything away from what Ironson has done, but I think Bloom Carroll's a little better than Jackson. Yeah, yeah. I would and agree that. Harvest Prep took care of Bloom Carroll by 13 points, where Ironton beat Jackson by 3. Um, I don't think there's worlds of difference between the two squads. Like, if Ironton went out and beat Harvest Prep, I wouldn't be like no way that's impossible yeah, yeah. but yeah just kind of interesting and then um division six i think we got one team near the top um, four
1: fry uh, yeah. that's another team we're talking undefeated teams seems that will probably go undefeated four fries it's much then. more likely than not. yeah uh and they're sitting at five in division six uh but you've got you know some of those heavy hitters up there you've got Marion and local sitting at first and you got kirtland for sales i mean those are those are programs we've talked about multiple times in our uh, preview show on Thursdays. Yeah,
0: so the interesting thing in Drew Pastor, um, I checked this last week, it might not be true anymore after Glenville's victory over Avon. But at the time, Marion Local was the highest ranked team in Division 6. They also would have been the highest ranked team in Division 5 and the highest ranked team in Division 4. Um, once again, haven't checked the updated rankings. Uh, Glenville with a huge victory over Avon, so I wouldn't be surprised if they passed them. But regardless, um, Marion Local is tough. Um, so yeah, Fort Fry is going to have their hands full once they get out of the region. Like, whatever whatever Fort Fry does to get to the semifinal, uh, and however easy their path is, their path is going to get real hard in whoever they play in the semifinals, and if they're lucky enough to make it to the finals, whoever they play there. Um, they probably... I'm not sure how the bracket would work out, but they're going to want the OHSA to put the teams in the southern part of the state against each other and the teams in the northern part of the state against each other instead of the teams in the eastern part of the state. So if Fort Fry could get the southwest team, which seems unlikely because I'm going to assume they're going to put Marion Local versus the team from southwest Ohio, and then they're going to put Kirtland versus Fort Fry. But it'd be nice if you got Kirtland versus Marion Local Assuming those are the two teams, but which like it could be for sales. I don't even know if for sales and Marion Local are in the same region. I would assume so. Uh, yeah, I would
1: assume so too. Yeah, yeah. but
0: you can't always yeah, know because yeah. it's always kind of weird when you get to the central western part, which teams go northwest and which teams go southwest. Even
1: even with the eastern part, I mean Northmore, a team out of Galleon is in or uh, re- er, Region Twenty Three in Division Six. Yeah, and, and I mean they they're receiving votes as well toward the bottom. Um, but, a, but a team that really shocks me is at nine. Colgrove. Carl's Boston boys. Yeah, Carl's Carl's very high on Colgrove, the Hornets this year. I think they can go 7-3. and three. I think they can go 7-3, and three, which is not bad. That's not a bad season whatsoever. Um, and, and I think that they will be able to host a playoff game. It's just what are they going to do
0: after that? So we're, we're talking about ceilings and floors yeah, yes, earlier. Yes. I think that their ceiling is 8-2. and two. I would think lost to Ironton. And their ceiling is split with Gallia and Fairland. That yes. would be their ceiling. Mm-hmm. Their floor, I think, is 6-4 and four, yep. with losses to Fairland, Gallia, and Portsmouth. As
1: well as Iron, Yeah, as well as Yeah, Irons. obviously Iron. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Their floor is not beating yeah, Iron. Yeah, 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 no. Uh, well, um, but uh, a really good season for Colgrove, And, yeah. you know, if they go... I think seven and three is very realistic, and like eight and two, I don't think it's stretching it all I that much. All you gotta do is get one of Gallier Fairland. Yeah. Like it's gonna be tough. It is, um,
1: especially since that Fairland game, and I believe it's a Week Nine matchup, is at Fairland. At the Concrete
0: Palace, not yeah. an easy place to play. Yeah, no,
1: um, not at all. But you know, good for good for Cole Grove down there. Um, I, you know, Carl was really high on them. Like I said, I, I think that they could host maybe one or two uh, playoff games. I think they could maybe be the sixth seed. Uh, a team that uh, a, a couple talks around that a lot of people think could go and have a good year is a team local here, uh, Nelsonville York. I could see them easily going nine and one, especially after that impressive victory against Liberty Union last week. Um, we thought it was going to be a close game. I, I thought that I think we both thought the Liberty Union was going to scuff it out. Uh, Nelsonville York's only other out of conference opponent is Oak Hill in week five, uh, and then they've got the TVC Ohio matchups. Judging by what I saw personally uh, against uh, or Benton County, from Vinton County last week, I think that they have an offense to compete with NY. It's just, are they going to play NY's game? Because that's, that's why I think that VC is sitting at 1-2 and two right now, because they've gotten into the trap of playing other people's games. Because they even played Trimble's game that entire first quarter, which is why it was scoreless by the end of the first. But we'll see how when that happens.
0: Yeah, so Drew Pastore... Uh, gives Nelsonville York a 76% chance to run through the rest of the schedule unbeaten. If they would do so, it's most likely that the Buckeyes are the number three seed. Yeah, I, th- I think
1: that they could be. Um, I was looking at it today, trying to do a little uh, gauging. I think that they could easily get a two or three seed in the region. But but one team that's very interesting to me uh, in division or region division six region 23 is when you look at Bel Air. Bel Air is a team that might. I, I think their floor could be maybe 500 at five and five, but they could still sneak their way into the playoffs. They've got a tough schedule. I think they could easily go. They could easily run the table the rest of the season, go eight and two. But if they're more toward that 500 mark, you're looking at a solid Bel Air team that's going to be a lower seed, uh, and they could go and make some noise in the playoffs. Be maybe a team in the teens. And could go upset a team that's like a 6-seed. They could be the 11-seed, go upset the 6-seed, possibly go and upset Nelsonville York if they do get that 3-seed in the region. I, I we'll see how things develop as the
0: season continues. Yeah, Bel Air's schedule gives them no favors. Yeah, you does, know, playing not. playing Garraway, a top, mm-hmm. I think, 10-team in Division 5. Yes. Thorpe Fry, a top-five team in Division 6. Uh, Wheeling Central Catholic is a powerhouse in West Virginia. Yep. Cambridge has their best team in recent yeah. memory. Mm-hmm. St. Clairsville is a Division Four
1: powerhouse. Ooh, Bel Air lost to last year. They lost that game. Yes, St. I was there. So
0: yeah, yeah. Um, and then Union Local also has probably their best team in a while. They're a Division Five team. Um, the Drew store actually has Bel Air an underdog in four games the rest of the way. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: not- that Union Local game basically a pick-em. Uh, Union Local favored by one, but St. Clairsville by twenty-two. Um, Cambridge by ten and Wheeling Central Catholic by fourteen. So if they lose all those games four and six, you're probably looking at a Bel Air squad that's going to be like a fourteen seed that no yeah. Buddy, yeah. Nobody, nobody is going to want to play. I mean, if you're no. a
1: fourteen seed, got to go play that three seed week. Like I said, if they have to play, go go play NY. I would not want to play that. If I'm
0: the number three seed, I'm calling OHSA and being like, Can you scoot us down to number four yeah, so yeah. We can yeah. get the thirteenth seed? Or, or yeah, can you help us
1: out just just a little bit? But yeah. Yeah, can we
0: pick our opponent yeah. instead of automatically <laughs> yeah. having to play them?
1: Yeah, and another team that's interesting, uh, is Shenandoah. Shenandoah has a decent schedule. Uh I, I could I could see them being a team maybe with two losses, sitting an eight and two, maybe seven and three on the season. Like I said, did a lot of looking today. Uh, around that region that we've kept our eyes on a lot this year. But, I mean, when you look around, there's there's some teams that could make some noise, uh, I will say. And, and another team from the area down here in southeast Ohio, um, sitting at ninth in Division Seven River. Uh, River, sitting at ninth there. Um, they, a lot of people have them possibly uh, being a team that faces Newark Catholic in the regional final, Newark Catholic, a team sitting at fourth, but with five first-place votes tied with uh, John F. Kennedy there, uh, Warren JFK, uh, that team that they faced last year in the semifinal, and they beat, they squeaked that one out against them to go to the championship game where they got smacked by a Marion Local. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see who... No
0: Marion Local this year in Division Seven. Yeah, that is true. And you still got, like, New Bremen. You still got Mechanicsburg. And you still got Warren, Warren JFK. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it'll be... It won't be easy, um, even though it looks like the region... Uh, is looking like a two-horse race between uh, Newark Catholic and River. We'll, we'll see who the other two teams, presuming those are two uh, in the final four, we'll see who the other two teams in that region make it to the regional semis. Yeah, Newark Catholic has only played one ball game so far, 1-0 and oh
1: on the season. Uh, that one win was against Nelsonville, York, in Week 2, a 45 to nothing defeat. They've had their other two games canceled, the first one due to weather, the second one due to an unfortunate event with Columbus Academy. Uh, where they had to cancel that game last Friday. Um, but when you look at it, they got a tough game this week against Fort Lormie. And Fort Lormie, when you look at it, right now they're sitting at 13th based on this AP poll. And Newark Catholic has to travel all the way to Fort Lormie. So that's an interesting game. But right behind Fort Lormie is Eastern, Reedsville Eastern, uh, the team that a lot of people have as maybe a, a team that could win the hockey. Uh, I could see them going 7-3 and three this year. That's uh, They got a tough game this weekend. Uh, against Portsmouth Notre Dame a game that I've thought about a lot over and over of trying to get a gauge on that one But if Eastern can take care of business against Portsmouth Notre Dame, they're gonna be undefeated um, Their tough game yeah. They're tough
0: games Williams. Yeah, that's the that's they play the a division six season. team from southwest Ohio who's three and oh And I think been very good. Yeah, and I think they rescheduled that game because
1: originally I think that was the fed hawk game that they had but they went mm. they got Williamsburg. but Tough but draw. Yeah, yeah. Going
0: to be a good, like, measuring stick. This is where we're at for Eastern, but it might not go great. Maybe kind of how that Nelsonville-York-New York Catholic game went, which uh, yeah. might be might be the blessing that the Buckeyes needed because after they took that loss to New York Catholic, uh, they responded like they were offended by how they played against New York Catholic and took it out on Liberty Union, like, just yeah. swiftly. Yeah.
1: yeah, and Liberty Union's a team that... A couple people think that could be an outside for the second best team in that MSL division that they're in behind Bloom Carroll. Uh, we'll have to see how it goes. Uh, that that division behind Bloom Carroll is going to be quite competitive uh, this year, that I believe, because even look at Logan Elm. Logan Elm two and one right now. Circleville, uh, who's receiving votes there, I believe in yeah, in Division Three, uh, they're undefeated right now. So you know we'll see. Circleville ranked 11 in the state, uh, but you know the season will progress. And as the season progresses, we'll make sure to have it here on 970 WATH. You can also listen to the uh, preview show, the high school football preview show. We do every single Thursday. That's also. uh, You can listen on our Spotify there where Carl, typically it's Carl. Uh, We had Ethan fill in one, one time there, but it's typically Carl, myself, and Michael Roth. Always giving that, doing our predictions for around the southeast Ohio area. And... We will take another quick break right here. When we come back, we'll talk a little NFL, uh, talking about some of the teams, Browns, Bengals, as well as around the league in total. You're listening to the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Tune in Friday night for the Athens County Game of the Week on Power 105. This week, Trimble will try to gain their first win this season against a tough OBC opponent, the Fairland Dragons. Tune in at 6.30 on Friday for the pregame with Carl Blaylock and Cade Williamson with the kickoff at 7. Maryland, tremble. It's the Athens County Game of the Week, Friday on Power 105. They came from every corner of the country, from small towns and big cities. But they all shared one thing in common. They belonged to a family called... A tough and determined few, dedicated
0: to protecting everything we hold sacred. And still, they come. Celebrate the history of those proud
1: few who have earned the title
0: Marine. New message.
1: Hey, girlfriend, it's Carol from Jury Duty.
0: Never actually spoke, but I saw you ordered the same hoagie as me at lunch. What are the chances? Anywho, I heard you just got a boat. We should totally grab some hoagies and take it out for a spin. When you get a
1: boat, you also get new friends. Make sure Progressive's one of them and get coverage today for as little as $100 a year.
0: Do I want to feel the wind in my hair? Guilty as charged. (laughs) Seriously, let's ride on your boat.
1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states.
0: By now, you know that sound. It's the sound of the Home Depot. On 970 WATH. Welcome back to a sports
1: fan here on 970 WATH. Cade Williamson joined by Michael Roth in the studio today. Uh, we've gone a little bit all over the place in our show. Talked a little MLB to start off the show, uh, specifically on Roth's Guardians and what they got to do to win the division. Uh, then we moved on to a little bit of high school football, what me and Roth are typically known for here on 970 WATH for high school Football preview show every Thursday. Let's uh, so make sure to tune into that this Thursday, where we'll go over the best Southeast Ohio games. Talk a little bit about those rankings that released today from the AP poll um, in Ohio. Some of the top teams, especially in the region, a little bit of surprises, and we'll stick on the topic of football, but we'll change levels here, going from high school to the professional level. Talking a little bit of NFL, doing a little preview here today on the show. Uh, And, Roth, when you look at this schedule, it's very interesting week one, especially the game that's going to start it off, the Bills and the Rams on NBC Thursday night. Any thoughts?
0: Yeah, only two more sleeps for the NFL fans. Um, Interesting that the Bills are favored in L.A. I think that's because L.A. doesn't have much of a home field advantage, but... Also, I think it probably has to do a little bit with Matt Stafford and, like, a little bit of uncertainty about how healthy he is. Um, The Rams also don't care about preseason at all, which I think is smart for keeping your players healthy. But also, I'm not sure if they've been bad in week one, so this might be me just speaking and not knowing anything. But I would assume if you don't play at all in preseason, you maybe have worse results week one, even though I do think it's smart because nobody gets injured. So, like, long-term, it benefits you. But in the short-term, like, the Bills starters might just be a little bit more crisp early uh, than the Rams. But, like, it's the defending Super Bowl champs. So, um, I'm surprised the number is 2.5. I would have expected it to be, like, Bills minus 1. Expecting a really good game could go either way. And a lot of big-name talent on national television for the first NFL game of the season. Yeah, and Von Miller playing against his former team, too, for the Bills
1: uh, facing the Rams, who he just won a Super Bowl ring with. Uh, This, I could see definitely being a rematch come February, Uh, again, for the Super Bowl title. I'm very high on the Bills this year. I think Josh Allen is is finally at at the point of his career where he's going to be competing for MVPs. Uh, Last year, there was talk of possibly doing it. Uh, Didn't get it done, but We'll see how it goes. He's my favorite right now for the MVP, Um, and I'll also kind of say that because I got him in one of my fantasy leagues. But still, uh, we'll see how it goes there with Josh Allen and the Bills as they take on the Rams to kick off the NFL season. Then we'll move a lot of 1 o'clock games on Sunday. Um, And first I'll talk about my squad before we get to the Bengals and the the Steelers matchup. But my squad, the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Chicago Bears for their Week 1 game. I like this matchup. It's a good thing to start off what would presumably be the Trey Lance era in San Francisco. There's a lot of questions marks around Trey Lance, Um, and that's one thing as a 49ers fan that I am certainly not buying into is the is the Trey Lance hype train. I think that he yes is going to be a solid quarterback. I think that he overall is going to be better than what Jimmy Garoppolo was. But judging by the fact that the 49ers could not or did not let Jimmy Garoppolo go. That tells me that there's still a lot of uncertainty around Trey Lance. It just seems like he's a, he's a very raw talent uh, out of college. Um, he's got the skills to do it, I'm, and he's got the weapons around him to do it. And he's, I, I, I'm not the biggest Kyle Shanahan fan, but he's got the coaching mind um, to do it, the way that Shanahan draws up plays, especially with the way he used Debo Samuel last year. Um, I like this matchup. I think we'll get it done. I think the Niners will take a victory in Week 1 against the Bears, but... Something to hit on is we'll see how Justin Fields does in uh, that ballgame. Finally, taking the reins over officially for a full season for the Chicago Bears. A lot of people are worried about that offensive line and his protection. Um, uh, but he's got, he's got a good weapon on the outside with Darnell Mooney. Uh, he's got Komet as well as a, t- a tight end position. He's got some decent weapons with him. I just I think the Niners will get it done.
0: A Niners and Cubs fan, I don't think anybody yeah. can guess where you're from.
1: No, I don't think anybody can ever guess where I'm from, especially since I'm not a big NBA fan either. Don't really have a team there. But once they see me, uh, we're in Ohio State gear. I think maybe they'd start to think of, um, this kid
0: might be from Columbus. I yeah, don't know. You, you got shut the red for some Bobcats. No, yeah, um, I know.
1: I'm, hey, I was big on the Bobcats. I was big on, hey, they got that week one victory, Roth. They beat FAU,
0: a game that I didn't think they were going to win. but. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, it, Vegas didn't either. Yeah. Six-and-a-half-point dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, I really just think that Jimmy that G... Too. Yeah, I think that Jimmy G is really just injury insurance for Trey Lance. That would, be, that would be what I would think. But, you know, talking about quarterback controversies, the Bengals' opponent has a quarterback controversy. And Mitchell Trubisky, former Ohio high school legend. Yep. Uh, that's always yep. going to be what I remember about Mitch Trubisky. Um, in Northeast Ohio, the two dominant private schools... Or St. Ed's and St. Ignatius. And I'm pretty sure he beat both back-to-back weeks in overtime. I remember one of the games went to, like, four overtimes, and it was absurd. I remember watching it on TV. I think he got a different team the next week, and they might have lost to uh, maybe, like, Huber Heights Wayne or uh, somebody else. Um, they didn't end up winning the state title. Uh, that's the one thing Mentor never got. Um, But, yeah, Trubisky was just an absolute joy to watch. And um, you're going to be able to listen to him right here um, because they open the year in uh, Cincinnati to take on the Bengals and it'll be a very interesting game. You know, divisional games in week one, they're always – always unique. Um, I remember the Browns week one game against the Steelers yep. probably because it's the only Browns <laughs> week one game that they didn't lose yep. since 2005. Yep. Which I, I honestly think is one of the most incredible stats oh, in yeah. sports history because it's one thing for you to go 0-16. Like, you have a bad team. Like, bad quarterback. Mm-hmm. A couple guys get hurt. You have a bad team. Yeah. To go 0 0- and I, th- I think it's like o sixteen and one yeah. in the last seventeen season openers. Mm-hmm. That's like seventeen yeah. different quarterbacks, in every <laughs> single one try. Uh. That's like s- nine different head coaches. Yeah. It is so hard for you over a seventeen year stretch to never start off one and zero. It's yeah. just mathematically improbable because even if even if you assume the Browns had the fourth worst team in the league every year you would still assume that they would have a 10% chance of beating a random opponent and losing. And they obviously haven't had the fourth worst team every year, okay? Yeah. They've they've made the playoffs in that span Uh once. Mm -hmm. They won 10 games and missed the playoffs another time. Mm -hmm. And they've been around 500 two or three other times. the fact that they lose week one every year, every single one, it's just, it is, like, incomprehensible to, like, a fan of math. Like, yeah. the math just doesn't math out, yeah, it doesn't. yet the Browns managed to do it. Yeah, and I'll ask you this, Rock.
1: Do you think that they'll be able to change their fortunes this year?
0: I, <laughs> I'm not jinxing anything about Fair the enough. week one game. You know what?
1: Fair enough. That, I, we are... I'll,
0: I'll, I'll talk about that and We game. are pick'em. Yeah. According No, we are one-point dogs, according to Vegas. Mm-hmm. I disagree. I think we should be favored, but by less than a, mm, I would I would probably have the Browns at around three, maybe three and a half point favorite. So I don't think like it's a, oh yeah we're gonna walk into Carolina <laughs> and with Jacoby Brissett blow out the Panthers. Um, but like I think people are a little too high on this Carolina team. I don't like their defense very much. Yeah. Like people are just like oh well, they got these good wide receivers and I'm like oh like have they solved like any of their defensive problems? Like the total is only 41. Um, So it's suggesting basically final score 41-40 Carolina or 21-20 Carolina, excuse me. I just think the Browns can score more than 20 points against them. Yeah. Like, I I feel like with, like, a couple, because they're probably, Baker's probably going to throw a pick. Yeah. And, like, maybe Miles Garrett gets a strip sack. So you're probably going to get a couple advantageous offensive possessions. And I think asking Jacoby to get, like, one full touchdown drive and like two more true field goal drives and then take advantage of a couple short fields i don't know i think um i I don't love the carolina defense not to not to say the browns are going to be world beaters uh under jacoby Brissett for the first 11 games
1: yeah uh, i think i'm on board with you there roth uh we'll see how it goes but back to that Bengals game that you can listen to here on 970 wath Uh, an interesting matchup they had with the steelers uh, like you said, it is official that the Steelers announced that Mitchell Trubisky will be their starting quarterback. Not very many people surprised about that one. Um, and I think
0: he definitely gives them the best chance to yeah, win week one.
1: I, I would agree with you there. but I don't think it's yeah. Mason Rudolph. Yeah, I don't either, and I and don't. And
0: maybe you can play Kenny Pickett for the future, yeah. but like... I think the Steelers think they can compete, and based on how they did defensively, I don't think it's that insane. I think, I think they're going to have a little regression defensively, but I think based on what you saw last year from the defense, um, a defense is super volatile. Like, one year it'll be really good. The next year it'll be, like, just average. Um, I think if you're a Steelers fan and you want to be like, well, if our defense is really good again, like, let's start Mitch and let's try and make yeah. the playoffs again because yeah. even though Big Ben was... Really poor yeah by quarterback standards they still managed to be in the playoffs
1: yes they did yes, um, they did they snuck their way right in <laughs> yeah which, which just boggles my mind match up in week one and uh, the raiders and the chargers uh yeah people were rooting for the tie in that one that would have put the sewers out of the playoffs but didn't go the way Thanks uh, i think some poor uh, management from the chargers and that led the way for the sewers to go i think the Bengals get the job done though in week one And uh, you know, looking around the league, Green Bay, Minnesota might be an interesting game to keep your eye on. I think Minnesota is a team that a couple people might have as winning the division this year. I don't know. We'll see how far that Green Bay really tails off. As well as the rematch from last year's Thursday night opener between the Buccaneers and the Cowboys for Sunday night football on NBC. That one should be
0: a barn burner as well. And if we want to be facetious, the uh, the only team. That has ever been a lock to win 13 or more games is the Green Bay Packers under Matt LaFleur. Three years, all three years, 13 or more wins. Yeah. So um, I actually don't think they'll get 13 this year. I don't think so either. Um, I can see them getting maybe 11. But yeah, are people underrating Matt LaFleur, greatest coach of all time?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> he, he has the best win percentage in NFL history. He's also got Aaron Rodgers. This is 100% true, <laughs> I mean, and I am not arguing that uh, Matt LaFleur is the greatest coach uh, in NFL history. It is, just, it is simply a fact that Matt <laughs> LaFleur has won a higher percentage of games yes, than any other coach. Well, maybe some coach went like 3-0 and in interim job. I'm not counting that. Any coach who's actually coached full seasons, Matt LaFleur, number
1: one. Roth has made his pick, and they'll also have, or um, also on Monday Night Football, the return of Russell Wilson. Uh, to Seattle, that one. I think it'll go be all Broncos, but still a good story there to keep your eyes on. That'll wrap up our talks there about NFL. We'll take a little bit of a quick break, come back with our hot picks on a sports fan on 970 WATH. This Friday, the Athens Bulldogs start TVC play against their rival, the Alexander Spartans. Will the Athens Bulldogs be able to go on the road and get their first victory of the year? Or will Alexander take this year's battle? find out this friday you can catch all the action with Matt Frazy and Cedric Granger starting at 6:45 p.m. on friday on 970 WATH
0: local teams local opinions the sports fan on 970 WATH
1: We've got about three minutes left in the show today on The Sports Fan. Cade Williamson, Michael Roth, joining you here on The Sports Fan, sponsored by JNK Contracting. We've talked a lot today, Roth, a lot all over the place, a little bit of high school football, a little bit of NFL, as well as MLB. We're at the tail end of our show, which means it's time for hot picks. Roth, what's your hot pick for
0: tonight? Uh, White Sox at Seattle. I'm going to take no runs first inning. Um, Johnny Cueto on the mound. I've watched him dice up the Guardians lineup. Uh, and Logan Gilbert on the mound for the Mariners. Uh, Cueto, 2.93 ERA. Gilbert, 3.35 ERA. Uh, total for the whole game is only seven and a half runs. So I'm going to take no runs first inning in the the White Sox at Mariners game, which first, first pitch is at 940. And you only got to watch the first inning. So you'll know if you won by like 10-10, 10-15 at the latest. Yeah. So that's uh, if you don't want to stay up too late, you're like, ah, 9 p.m., first pit, 940, first pitch. I don't really want to do that. You only got to watch the first inning, and then you know if you won.
1: That's true. That's true. Decent pick right there, Roth. You seem to like those first inning score lists. Uh, takes. So I'm, I
0: took, there was one time I took a first inning there to be a run. And I forget, yes. it was the Dodgers and the Padres because I had, like, a ton of superstars in the lineup. Yeah. It was, like, Juan Stoto, Manny Machado, and then the Dodgers had, like, Mookie Betts a couple other guys. I was like, somebody is going to score a run here. So yeah. not every time I'm taking the under.
1: There, there you go. Uh, sometimes you switch it up there, Roth. Uh, for mine tonight, I'm going to keep it with my MLB team. The Cubs take on the Reds uh, here tonight. Um, that one in between the Reds are starting Justin Dunn, uh, in that ball game, which is a little interesting. Dunn hasn't really got off to a good start. Part of that deal with Jesse Winker, uh, to the Seattle Mariners, uh, and Wade Miley, he's been injured for most of the season for the Cubs. Uh, and he's returning, uh, he's playing tonight against his old team. Uh, was a red last year. Cubs picked him off waivers whenever the Reds waved him. And I'm going to pick my cubbies. I think they'll get the job done. Uh, I'm a bit of a curse when it comes to the Cubs and Reds, but, hey, maybe we'll switch it around tonight um, between those two ball clubs. I'm taking my Cubbies, and that'll be my hot pick. And that'll be all for the sports fan today. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, You can catch us tomorrow. It'll be myself and Carl Blaylock once again talking some sports, and make sure to check out our high school football preview show. You've been listening to the sports fan on 970-WAT-8.